Discussing Documentaries with me, Matt Wills, and Rick Wharton. Today we are discussing and dissecting Mummy, Dead and Dearest. It's from the year 2017. It's a HBO documentary and it's on Now TV, but not under the Sky Documentaries section, which is weird. So they also have a documentaries area. It's like finding raw chicken in the deli counter. It I don't know how they organise their things, but they're not doing it right. But anyway, it's on there. Um, how did you watch it, Rick? Uh, Amazon Prime rated it three quid. No, oh, okay, free, or three quid on Amazon Prime. Uh, the director is Erin Lee Carr, who is creating quite the CV for herself. So she directed an episode of Dirty Money, as well as the Heart of Gold, which is about the US gymnastics scandal which I'm pretty sure that'll probably come under our radar one day. No, 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 no. I, I, could, I don't know what happened there, but the idea of flexible 12-year-olds in a documentary, we don't need to be fucking doing another abducted in plain sight anytime soon. No, no, it's all about sport. Hmm. And it's a scandal in sport. That's got to be... It's that or Lance Armstrong. One of, we've got to touch something in sport where there's a scandal. I saw one for you. I'll bring it up later. I saw one Okay, yesterday. all right. Um... Uh, the money's not listed, but it spawned a TV series and it started life as an article on, I think it was BuzzFeed. Is it BuzzFeed? Was that? That's one of the things, yeah. Yeah, that, that so, sounds um, like a thing. Yeah, okay. So it's been around for a, a while, even though it's only a couple of years old. Uh, the accolades, there was two nominations, but the one that grabbed my attention was the SXSW Chicken and Egg Award. Just to point out, though, just for clarity, there are no chicken people in this documentary. It's it's quite miserable. And the blurb is it's a story of matricide permeated by Munchausen by proxy. Now, weirdly enough, because of my last 13 years with my missus, I understand every single one of those words. And now Matt thinks he has skin cancer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, which proves I do listen to my missus and the Munchausen by proxy thing is hands down one of the scariest things I've ever heard of. And from my missus point of view, it's one of the most fascinating. She is fascinated by this. So Rick... You chose this one. It's a Friday afternoon, which means we're going to do this and lead into the weekend. What What's going on, man? Because th- I, I thought the rules were <laughs> we, we can fuck with Matt's head Monday to Thursday. And then on Friday, we do something lovely. Oh, you want to get into this? I think you've fucked up your own head enough this week, Matt. All right. Matt Wills has fallen apart this other side of this <laughs> podcast right now. We're very worried about Matt's behavior. <laughs> I'm like, um, you know, the Woody Harrelson film, The People versus Larry Flint. Right. Have you seen that? And that's the one I haven't, but I think I'd get a oh, reference okay. from it. You, you Do- crack on through it because, you know, one right. of our nine listeners might have seen it. Okay. Well, there's a bit where he basically gets shot and he's in absolute agony. So he goes into a room in his house with Courtney Love and... He spends 10 years in this room, basically, on opiates because of the pain. That That's me the last week. 
I get two stitches on my nose and I'm like, give me painkillers. I'm in agony <laughs> and I'm useless. I'm just drooling out the side of my mouth. M- but my- this is the bit where I come out and I make Hustler magazine great. So hang on, Rick, because greatness is coming, my man. <laughs> he lied to himself. <laughs> We're all very worried about that. Um... <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about Mummy Dead and Dearest. Uh, there's there's a few uh, weird little sidetracks on this one. So uh, HBO documentary, and I guarantee if I would put the BBC documentaries without Louis Theroux at the very bottom of a leaderboard of quality of documentaries, I would put HBO and Netflix originals fighting it out as the Liverpool and Man City at the top. I love a HBO documentary. They yeah. very rarely disappoint. Mm. Um I watched this one. I tell you what, I watched the first 10 minutes and thought, this is fascinating. And this is when I was going down and uh, my buddy was in hospital, uh, suffering from leukemia, and I was able to stay over with him and we're looking for shit to watch constantly, constant content. Yeah, yeah. This is the one, the ones, but I hadn't watched the documentary up to the point where we discovered that the mother is saying that lying and saying that the daughter also has leukemia. So that was a weird link in that one for me, but it was just fascinating documentary um well put together i think it peters out a bit in the end but you can they the story is that compelling they have made uh, an amazon prime season of like 10 to 15 episodes at least of season one of the story that's how that's how big a story is this hour Mm -hmm. 80 minute documentary is now a season stretched out for a season Uh, and yeah Start to finish, it's just fascinating, angry on all sides, and just yeah. an, an interesting, interesting little story. Yeah, there's no, um, there's no heroes in this one, right? No, no, it's, no, uh, not a single. Everybody fails, everybody, yeah. and it is heartbreaking. So I watched it with my missus, which is weird because we, she only pops in now and again when I'm I'm working on these, so. But this one, yeah, we sat down and watched it together just because I know she's fascinated by this. So the the basis of the story is a child is born to a couple and then the child is sick for most of the child's life and the mum looks after the child and then the child kills the mum. And then in, in the opening scene, the, a cop comes on and he says, not all families are as they seem. And you're like, wow, that's the weirdest press conference I've ever seen on a documentary. Yeah, yeah. And if if we go for, from the start to the first scene, and again, I think the scenes, in the, especially since we're watching so many documentaries, whenever you start with a scene like this, I think we're always onto something at least interesting. So we start with footage of people being interrogated at, at the police station. You see Gypsy Rose, that's the daughter who is the victim of Munchausen by proxy. Yeah, uh, and and also you'll find out the other stuff they got up to pretty quickly. But she's been interrogated about the death of her mother. Yeah, and I've now seen that many documentaries where you realise that you're being filmed when you're being interrogated by police officers. I'd be worried that I would be trying to slip in some zingers with the police. I honestly would. <laughs> I'd be like, if this is going to court, I'm going to try and pop the jury on this one. Let's. <laughs> If they're going to make a documentary out of this in three years' time, I want to be. I want to be making the audience laugh. Let's see what be... clever, clever callbacks and links I can make here. Now I say in my heart of hearts, I'd want to make zingers, but I know full well instead of looking directly at the police across the table, I'll be looking to the. <laughs> I'll be looking to the far right camera, 
in the top right-hand corner of the room. Now we're going. They should never have failed the owners and directors test. All right, completely bullshit. There's nothing in their test that says a warlord can't manage a football team. Aye, I never killed oh, her as well. But, uh, so, yeah, so... Th- th- those interviews they do... Um, so this documentary is incredibly simple. The cast is, in total, it's about six people. Um and the, here, here was the problem. So I watched it with my missus. Now, in our relationship between me and my missus, she's the smart one. I've got no problem admitting that, right? She, she's the higher earner in the family. She's, she's the brains. She's got so many letters after her. I think she's got more letters after her name in qualifications than her actual name. Right? She is, she's worked incredibly hard. And that's coming from someone who works reasonably hard, right? Much a grafter. <laughs> yeah. no, not compared to my missus, right? Not even close. Anyway. See, this, is, sh- this is the subliminal connection we have, Matt. We are very much on a level playing field when it comes yeah. to that shit because I am not coming close to our last in, in any, right. yeah, any yeah. category. Yeah. So I'm the and I've got no I've got no male ego on admitting, right, that she is the she's the strong one, she's the healthy mentally one. She's great. You know, I absolutely adore her. But watching this documentary with her was a big mistake because it's a bit like um, it's a bit like where you watch a film and one of the characters is, say, uh, I'm going to struggle with my analogies here. So you're going to come up with something better. But say one of the characters is a coroner and you're watching it with your mate who's a coroner and he will be like, well, they don't do it like that. They do it like this. And you'd never use that lotion on the such they and such. They never blah, blah, blah. really eat sandwiches down there waiting for a yeah. detective to come and ask them <laughs> questions. All right. That doesn't happen. <laughs> well, she was throughout this whole documentary. She was picking holes in the methodology of the police. She was picking holes in the way they were interviewing everybody. And she was like, hang on, well, where's the evidence? And when they talk about social services, well, where are social services? And then we'll talk about that in a while. But when social services get mentioned, my missus went absolutely batshit mental. Yeah. So um, this documentary for me was just ruined by the clever person I watched it with. Apart from that... (laughs) It was all right, and it was, but it was scary, wasn't it? That gypsy, so Gypsy Rose is her name. Gypsy Rose, oh Blanchard, and her mum is called Dee Dee Blanchard. Like, there's so many great names in this in this documentary, and that Gypsy Rose, right? So she was the kid who was effectively being abused by her mum, and you meet her as a 23 year old. And she's got that same sort of four-year-old girl voice, isn't she? It's the the weirdest thing. And she's cute as a button. It goes from the crime scene photos, the police interrogation to six years earlier. And they're at a charity gala. And she's like in a full Stephen Hawking-esque wheelchair and looking heavily disabled. I don't know quite know how to... Uh, describe the hand movements and the way their head moves, but all God, yeah. all things like you know Daniel Day Lewis, if he was playing a disabled guy, would be doing those movements. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I should be laughing at that as much as I should. You're absolutely right, Daniel Day Lewis esque. That's what she is. This kid, and and she's been. It's brutal. It's brutal. So it goes in and shows you, and then so Dee Dee, the mother 
that you've just been told has been horrifically killed, you then backtrack and find out why she's been yeah. horrifically killed. And so she basically, it was long-term scams, online scams from medical bills, houses bought for them. I think there, you ever seen Extreme Makeover, Home Edition? Yes, they were on there. Yeah, yeah. That's her di- uh, yeah, DIY. Yeah, like our last loves that season. And she always, yeah, she always like bursts into tears, loves the happy stories that they were one of the families that were on a show like that, I think. Because you see the footage of them outside the house wearing the hats yeah. and everyone's built them this this house. And um, and then it just it just comes apart. It's 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 crazy, this, the stuff that they said they had because then it cuts back to telling people in interrogation rooms and they're like, wait a minute. She can fucking walk. <laughs> and how pissed off are people again? Mimi Maid had an ongoing joke about this because um, I don't have a sense of smell. Really? Yeah, I don't have a sense of smell. Haven't faint sense of smell as a kid that went around year nine ish. Year, like, year nine. Like Patty or Selma in The Simpsons. You exactly. So like it's, that, it's yeah. Sideshow Bob was good. <laughs> I have I have almost died due to the gas being left on in our house a few times and lighting a cigarette. Yes. Wow! I made. Hang on, hang, hang. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Hang on. Sky pause. So you've got no sense of smell. How? When? Why? And how do you know? Um, like, so for instance, you wouldn't know if you were colorblind until someone started going. That's a lovely blue top. You're like, no, it's grey, isn't it? Or for you, it would be blue because in your this, head, you've always been told that that grey was blue. So the, how do you know? This is going to sound ridiculous, right? But. Uh, there's a bunch of stories and to be honest it could be either one but I know as a kid I always told the funny one and that became the story does that make sense yes of course so yeah, we're yeah. doing we're doing technology in like year eight or year nine and I remember we were having to court um coat hangers like uh, metal coat hangers that we'd made with cellular seal and that is the stuff you put on you know like the rubber on the windows oh yeah yeah yeah. the stuff that glues that down yeah, so we silicone. got given that and the teacher guys well youngins you didn't want to stick this up your nose and then <laughs> i'll be the judge of that mr teacher <laughs> and me being absolutely hilarious did exactly that and uh <gasps> you stuffed shit silicone gel up your nose because the teacher says you don't want to be doing that Something along those lines, yeah. I've got a foggy memory on it. I'm also grotesquely hairy, and I think that if a doctor looked up my nose, it'd be like, oh, shit, it's just super blocked. <laughs> just rip it all out, and then maybe there'll be an airway. <laughs> it could be one or two of those. And I always had bad hair fever, so like I'd have a blocked nose in the summer and colds during the winter. So I it didn't really mesh with me until one day um, I was in English class, and someone farted, and it was one of those when they go, oh, 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 and everyone ran to the other side of the room and I'm still sat there going, I can't smell anything. In fact, I haven't smelled anything for at least six or seven months at this point now. And um, Wow. And you'd be amazed how that comes up in conversation as well. It is awkward as fuck. When I was working at a bookies, they, you know, when the people go around shops and try and sell stuff to the people who work in shops? Yes, yeah, there's, yeah there's, they're there's very annoying. Sales rep came in the bookies uh, and was just like trying to show me and I'm just trying to be nice because she's the only person without a criminal record I've spoken to all day at work <laughs> and, and she's just like what if you got this for your girlfriend or this and smell this how nice is this and I'm like I, I didn't I can't, I can't smell anything she goes no come on smell it I, I can't smell anything through the glass partition and she's just like why and I was like 
solvent abuse as a teenager. Yeah, it's been, a, it's been a nice day. Welcome to William Hill. All right, this is the world I'm in. So I don't have a I've sense of smell. I've worked in a bookie for two and, years. I turned it, is, it off. It has been a point of contention with my mates back home for a long time because, believe me, they would put it to the fucking test of like holding down, farting on us, all fucking kinds of things as a kid. And then you meet other people that have like, oh, so if you can't smell, if you're bitten to an onion, you wouldn't know if it was an apple and things like that. Um, and is, is that uh, true? I don't know, but there was a very um, well, that's easy a, to test. A really good comic on my course at uni. Avery Edison had a bit and she just does two different ones where you can't smell things but you can taste things I don't know the words one so- it right, sounds like yeah, agnostic okay. or yeah, something yeah. like that but there's different and I've just because I've never went to the doctors and been like I when I was 13 I've uh, <laughs> silicone up my nose I stopped smelling things you know um, so when people say that like I, I, I'm arrogant and I don't think my shit stinks it's because I don't realise it actually <laughs> actually fucking does like the way I smell may have held me back a lot in life but the joke is from the back of the uh, the Gypsy Rose story is when they're going, she can walk as if we did a parody of my mate being in an interrogation room going, wait a minute, he can smell? He's been lying to me all these fucking all years. All these years, yeah, yeah. And that's been an ongoing joke with, with a mate or two that's watched this. But yeah, that, that that's one of the things that made me think of, of that. Just the, the, the surprise to it. And what they do to this kid is brutal the whole way through. It but is again, brutal. It yeah, I wrote down brutal quite a few times. Um, so the kid Gypsy Rose, I don't know if you noticed her side profile, Rick, but she had... I didn't want to say had, that your nose looked a lot like yours. I did yeah. not want to say that. Well, she had a John DuPont nose. So first of all, when she went side profile, I was like, oh my God, she's got the same side profile as John DuPont. Stroke me. <laughs> she's got my nose profile. What's going on? Looks like a um, Disney vulture. It does, Yes. And her teeth, she's got the jaws from the James Bond. He's the James Bond baddie in the uh, Roger Moore that, Bond. That, that's another thing. She's where... got the metal teeth, which is terrible. They, Her mum convinced doctors so much, they removed her saliva glands. Oh, did they? Yeah. Her saliva. Oh, God. It's just, it's, it's such a sad story. And as you're going through it, and the weird thing, because I watched it with my missus, right? My missus has seen this in real life and she's gone to court over stuff like this and she's had cases like this, right? So she's hardened to it. I'm sitting here going, that poor girl. And she's like, now yeah, she had it, poor. She, look, she's lying for a start. She's got this, 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 this. I'm like, oh, bloody hell, where's your compassion? Her dad said this great quote, right? This is how sick that the mum convinced everybody that, that she was. He said... Now, her dad, for a start, he doesn't seem the full ticket. I don't know what's going on with him. It's that area, it's that accent. It's like the Louisiana Bayou. That he's, yeah. on like a, he's on like a hovercraft selling crabs and stuff like that. But they seem almost yeah. middle class in that area. But, but <laughs> Do you know what I mean? They, they seem like middle class, but they don't sound like they should be middle class. It's. But the, the weird thing is, I, I thought about this, because obviously a lot of the documentaries we watch, they're based in the States because they make the best documentaries. And this one's in Missouri. We've had no Missourians. We've had nothing from Missouri so far. Mm. No, no, not at all. So welcome to the party, Missouri. Anyway, so her dad, they've got this. Well, they're from, originally from Louisiana, right? So they've got a Louisiana. So it's like a, a real deep south on the bayou type accent. It's beautiful to listen to. And now, he, But he just doesn't. There's something wrong with the dad. I don't know what it was. But he said this. 
to see her at 23 when they said she'd be dead at 18. Man, that pisses me off. Hang on a second, fella. <laughs> what, you would rather she be dead than than reach the age of 23? Because you've been, you've been missold. I've been missold a child who I was told was going to die. Hang the, on. If her, that's the wrong quote. They could have cut that out, that quote. The sentence structure and what you're saying, I understand. Do you know what I mean? The way he said that. But what he means is is how he was fed a lie by this crazy ex of his. And he was told that this girl had so many, so many yeah. um, uh, disabilities because there was a time when he rang her up to wish her a happy 18th birthday and, and the wife and the ex went, don't tell her she's 18, she thinks she's 12 and she'll be dead soon, so don't bother. Yeah, she inf- infanticized her. Was that the... She made her constantly act and behave and treated her like a young infant. Yeah, and it was all this huge scam. And like Munchausen by proxy, which is what DD is a grade A example of, yeah. is making you become the primary caregiver for someone and you get gratification from the sympathy you get as a yeah. whole. And then yeah, there's yeah. also the fraud that comes along with it and everything they got and all the attention they got. And it's just disgusting. It honestly is. It's and- heartbreaking. And you've already been told, and it's a great sleight of hand by the documentary because you see this brutally murdered mother, and you're like, you how see, could someone right? do you that? You see the stab wounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, you see a like, lot oh. in this documentary. And then and then it goes to, oh, I don't actually feel that bad about that happening now. Do you know what yes. I mean? Like, So it's an interesting ride for the emotions of it, but in the way it's put together. So then you have the news report saying Gypsy's missing and the mother's dead. Yeah, um, so you're getting that in real time. Neighbor testimonies because they because they, they moved to the Ozarks, which you know from the TV show Ozark, that's well out in the sticks. So they moved to the Ozarks and said they were recovering from Hurricane Katrina survivors, and everyone helped them with shit like that. Right. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Is and that then a, I fell I fell asleep on the first episode of Ozark, so we haven't gone back to it. Is Ozark the area then? Uh, I think so. Okay, all right. I think I so. I, I watched 10 minutes. I'll be then... honest, you, Gypsy never got out around there too much, so I wouldn't, nah, like, you don't yeah. see too much footage of it. Um, <laughs> you see this poor kid in a wheelchair. She had a feeding tube fitted. That's how, and her. here's the thing. Her mum, and we, we see this with a lot of people on documentaries, so I wasn't, I, I'm obviously, I'm getting a bit hardened to, to uh, not very nice people. Her mum was a master manipulator of other human beings. Yeah. Because she took her to hundreds of hospital visits, right? She had her saliva glands removed, a feeding tube fitted. Leukemia, fucking medication. Leukemia, the drugs. Did you see their medicine cupboard? When when I showed you the medicine cupboard, because you know I'm doing this like sugar-free thing now. Right. My girlfriend turns around and says... um, that looks like what our biscuit cupboard looked like two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, the weird thing is, that medicine cupboard looks exactly like my medicine cupboard. Oh, I bet. Because I don't throw anything away. I'm a hoarder of uh, any any medication I've ever been yeah, given. Yeah, the pills didn't the pills didn't go for the minimalist lifestyle, did they? We kept the no, opioids for some not. reason. What are you going to keep? Shoes? <laughs> yeah, keep keep shoes the tramadol, Nicodemus. <laughs> Why do you keep um, the tramadol? That makes me feel better that I give away all my Xbox and PlayStation games. And basically, you keep cutting to the lawyer throughout this. And he said, it's mind-boggling 
is the only way I can sum up Dee Dee's ability to manipulate people. And even one of the doctors, one of the doctors, because my missus is screaming at the telly, right? She's like, that's incompetence. That's incompetence. Because yeah. one of the doctors said, I uh, I noted in my report that she probably had Munchausen by proxy. But everyone believed her. I didn't think I'd win. So I didn't do anything with it. it At just, this, my yeah. missus is screaming, going, that's fucking neglect. You You are neglectful in your position. Well, this is an interesting thing. So... There is an episode on The Great Hack that may or not come out because it's basically a two-hour political <laughs> argument between me and Matt. So we, whether or not that comes out, we don't know. But yeah, basically, but... this this intertwines with it why private healthcare in America, yeah. it's not you're going to someone going, can I give you £35,000 for you to remove this gland from my daughter? All right, mm. then it's on for the human being, and these people, you know, it's it's you can't trust money. Do you know what I mean? There has to be a regulated yep. ethics to it, and yeah. and this is another. I mean, it's not a huge worry, but this is why it's a panic because uh, things like this can happen. That's not the worst thing that could happen if we got rid of the NHS, but it's a possibility of you, yeah. Like if you go to the doctors and say like I'll give you forty thousand pounds to give me bloody vampire teeth, it'll it'll happen. The only yeah. difference is she's doing this to the daughter. And with what you're saying, when the doctor put that on the form, she was so manipulative and calculating this Dee the mother, yeah, uh, Dee Blanchett. She was requesting from social services all the medical forms. And the minute she gets that form, she then moves to the other side of the country. Yes. Or miles and miles away to other hospitals. So she didn't go return to that hospital for eight years because she knew they yeah. were on to her. And they're not linked in any way. So not like, because the, the NHS is partly linked, right? You have a patient number and that in theory follows you around for your entire life in the UK. It, in in America, it, it's kind of, oh, this is going to sound really mean, but I think it sums it up a bit. It's a it's a bums on seats business in America, right? How many patients can we get in? Let's get them in. Let's get their money. Let's get them out the door. The best way I've heard it described is in America, there's no safety net. Yeah, that's 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 the way. Yeah, that's a great way of saying it. Yeah, yeah. And in Britain, there is politicians trying to take away our safety net in case foreigners want to come and use it. <laughs> so <it's- laughs> all those, all those NHS tourists. Every time I've been there, the amount of Mexicans I've seen wearing fucking sombreros and oh. waiting rooms. But we're not going to get back on the great hack bandwagon. On yeah, that no, one. That, yeah, that yeah. A- My missus said that if this was in the UK, that would have got picked up a lot quicker, a lot, Instantly. lot quicker. Yeah. Although she said, and then she gave me some examples because obviously she reads about this sort of stuff. She studies it and she's fascinated by Munchausen by proxy. Um, and she said, you know, it can take it can take up to 10 years sometimes to find to, to make the connection. Because You need to prove it. Yeah. You need yeah. to prove it. That's it. Because don't forget, we're all innocent mm. until we're proven guilty. Unless you own a football club, in which case you're fucking guilty. Um. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of football anger I'm feeling over the next coming months. Oh, it's not going away anytime soon, Matt, no. Um, um, I, I, would, then... I would pass up the NHS for Saudi owners. <laughs> <laughs> Rick will sell his ideals to watch a decent football game by his team. Uh, no, okay. So then we cut to so we cut to a couple of people who were giving us background story on Dee Dee and her daughter. One of them is the nephew, 
it's going to feel like we're jumping around a lot, but this is the way the documentary is cut. So it's modern day, yeah. back to this time, back to that time, yeah. back to this time. So it's very entertaining. But to talk about it, it seems scatterbrained, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Because the the nephew, he's the kid. I think that's the same actor from The Imposter, right? I like him. I like him a lot. Like the nephew, the guy with the really? face tattoo in the beanie. Yeah. I thought he seemed cool. He was just like, yeah, Didi was a bitch. <laughs> but it's almost after the event. It's like, well, you could tell she was a nut job. Well, why didn't anyone say anything at the time then, sir? Because she's got a so-called... There's no one knew that, uh, you know, Gypsy wasn't disabled. She's looking after a disabled child. She also has like, you know thousands upon thousands of Facebook donations and stuff, and she's moved away. And you hear from these guys how much Dee Dee fucked up the family. Yeah, well, because it cuts to her parents. Like, because the backstory on Dee Dee Blanchett, her, her dad and her stepmom. Yeah, it was the stepmom, because I was, I was really confused. So Dee Dee looked after her mum who was dying before she had the child, yeah. and she just wasn't a nice person. Starved her mother, refused to change her. Yeah, she starved her mum to death. But when it was, <laughs> here's where the here's where the problems the the sort of alarm bells were ringing in my head. So they interviewed Dee uh, Dee's dad, Claude Petra, and his now new wife. So that was effectively Dee Dee's stepmum. How funny is it? They needed subtitles for that accent. Yeah, right. and what is only, going on with that accent? Do you know what TV show they needed to do that for as well? Was it a new cut? It was. Was it Geordie Shaw? Not Geordie Shaw. Halfway to Seen Pet. Really? Halfway to Seen Pet originally went out down south with subtitles. Yeah. Oh my god! I remember watching that as a kid. That was a. That was brilliant. Absolutely Oz brilliant. Is one of the greatest characters of all time. Have I ever told Absolutely. you how he got found? No. Oh, so he goes to. Uh, so his sister's an actress. Have you seen a lot of Halfway to Seen Pet? All of it. Yeah. I loved it as a kid. It was beautiful. It was on a Friday night at nine o'clock. One of the greatest TV shows. Yeah, it was our Kentucky Fried Chicken Night. Yeah, so, and yeah. Um, so uh, Oz's sister plays... No, sorry, Ste- it was Fish and Chip Ship Night, so I beg your pardon, it's a Friday. Yeah. Sorry, man, what am I thinking of? It's good, we would have got emails complaining if you got that wrong from our <laughs> fucking nine listeners. <laughs> Think you're fine, you're having a Savloy, not a fucking KFC. <laughs> oh, tired KFC. of this fake news on discussion documentaries. Okay, um, KFC was Thursday. What am I thinking? So, yeah. Sorry, mate. Oz's sister was an actress. Oz was a singer. Uh, Jimmy Neal was a singer. And he used to go Very out and drag in a, in, a, in a rock band at the time. And uh, so the sister got the part in season two. She was played Dennis Patterson's sister when he has to go back and stay with her. Okay, yeah, Tim Healy. So, so, that is, so that's Oz's sister in real life, Jimmy Neal's sister. She went for right. the audition. She's in the audition, and the secretary, who's like keeping the like the people auditioning, comes in and went. I'm sorry, so sorry to interrupt. There is this ghastly man in the waiting room. Can you please get him to leave? And then they go out, and there's Jimmy Neal going, "Oh bollocks, I'll leave you to it, then, man. You fucking." <laughs> and they went, "Oh my god, that's Oz. That's the story I was told of how Oz was found." And then that two makes years complete later, sense. Two years later, he's in fucking Evita with Madonna. Like, what? Uh, and yeah. I don't think he's done movies since. I've never seen him in practically anything since. Only after he's seen Pet have I seen Oz in. I think he was in a detective series called Spender, which I've never checked. He was. Uh, Crocodile Shoes was his song. Yeah, it's, I, he it's was. That, um, I don't he was want nobody huge. else song was 
if you ever listen to that with modern ears, it's hilarious. It sounds like domestic abuse in pop songs. Because the female voice is like, I don't want nobody else. And then Jimmy looks at the camera and goes, she's lying. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need nobody else. She's making of a course. fool of you, Jimmy. <laughs> That's exactly that one. Yeah. Crocodile shoes. Um, so anyway, so they've uh, so they interview Dee Dee's dad. So effectively, that's Gypsy Rose's granddad and his new wife. And my missus is there screaming at me, going, "There's something wrong with these two. So we press pause, and she then starts pointing out everything that's wrong in the room that they're in. And right. my missus is not that judgmental, right? But she's judging these two. Now, I'm trying to watch it, and I'm trying to take her opinions out of it. But then the guy says something, and I think the reason DD was screwed up, back to the Jack the Ripper thing, right? We've all got our own theory. Here's my theory of why DD was so screwed up. Her dad was the bad guy because he said, you know, uh, he didn't want, he'd give her anything, but he didn't want her to have a dog. And what have we learned from watching Criminal Minds? Psychopaths won't have pets. They got two dogs, though. That was the end of that sentence. He goes, uh, the only thing I told her she couldn't have was a dog, and then we end up with two dogs. Yeah, because I think he was referring to his daughter as a dog. You think? And that's why I thought he was a psychopath, and I think he's wow. the reason he... Yeah, and that was... And you know who else don't want a dog, don't you, Rick? My missus. And do you know the rules? If we want to get a dog, what I have to do, she said. She said I have cat. to kill the cats. That's hilarious. So, there you go. I'm, that's it. So if anything happens to me, she is suspect number one. My missus. God, I want a dog. Um, so yeah, straight away, I think this guy's, there's something well, wrong with this guy. Did you not see that? Well, because they quickly go into what the mother was like, because they talk about Dee Dee's early behavior. And they're saying her mother was a, a narcoleptic. Is it not narcoleptic? Actually fall asleep a lot. What's the... What's a the one where you kleptomaniac? Kleptomaniac. She kept steal. She always stealing. Always in court for stealing stuff. She would be a, a pathological liar, and mm. she was an abusive mother. And then it goes on to what Dee Dee did. So Dee Dee, as a teenager, then brought out credit cards and all the other family members' names, ran up thousands of pounds of bills, yeah. all this fraud. And you can see it's almost setting the groundwork for how she then manipulated having a daughter. Yeah in it as well so it might not even be i mean i think it was munchausen's but it could have just been money fraud evil fraud i don't know well like, she just she wasn't very well right it was as simple as that she was not very well so you know i've done enough of these with you to be like watching and going that woman is such a such a i didn't say it i didn't say the c word i didn't say it i got so close because you'll listen to these podcasts and be like it's like rick just stopped talking at the end of a sentence describing someone that's because matt cuts out every time i drop the c-bomb all right so i caught myself and i want that kept in just so you know i'm not an idiot and just stop talking at times during these things but i know i'm watching a documentary i go this guy's evil and then matt will go but a documentary just makes people look that way and you know <laughs> If you look at the socks they were wearing, they weren't wearing <laughs> shoes on those socks. And if you've learned anything from watching X-Men, if you wear socks and no shoes, you're going to be evil. And it's just always interesting to see but, what it's going to be. But it's... Th that's your weird this, sticking the, point. The, the, for me, this guy, this guy, he screamed, he screamed bad news. My, you know, my internal, oh my God, they're a nutter job. That was, that was screaming in my head. And as we're in, as they're 
because this is what 20 but minutes then they in go when they start interviewing the parents. The last thing in that parent thing they say is when Dee Dee was living there, she started to ground up poison and poisoned the stepmom, and she was yeah. in bedridden for a year until they caught her. Did she Rick, or was that the dad? And he's just blamed the daughter. Well, you kind of give up on killing her after they survive together another 30 years, but fair enough, yeah. Yeah. On that bit of the documentary, my missus looks at me and she just said, Rick chose this, didn't he? <laughs> it was, yes, yes, of course he did. This no, is... Not only did I choose it, I lied about the name of it because Matt was starting <laughs> to, to complain. To yeah. get it on the roster. <laughs> Matt's like, I think we need to do some nicer ones. And I'm going, I'm sorry, but it was difficult to pull an hour out of our asses about chicken people. And this is an interesting documentary we can have talking points with. You can go, I'd love to hear messages to see which ones you would like because it's almost a 50-50 split on who chooses what. So what I told Matt is, I, I said, listen, it's called Mommy Dearest. It's really good. And then just left oh, it that at that. Sounds no one nice. was up. And then the other day, you messaged me going, is it called Mummy Dearest or Mummy Dead and Dearest? I goes, oh, yeah, that's the name. Yeah, <laughs> that's the one. And by then, I'd already agreed. So once it's on the docket, you can't take it off the docket, right? That's We've got rules. Um, it then cuts to a Gypsy being interviewed and... She says, yeah, my mum would hit me with a coat hanger. Do you know why you get hit with a coat hanger? Here's what I've learned living with a social worker. Is it because you're not folding your clothes up properly? <laughs> there is that. That's obvious. Uh, don't go for the obvious answer, Rick. <laughs> uh, you hit someone with a coat hanger, normally on the uh, soles of their feet, because it doesn't leave any marks. Shit, right. Yeah. And the fact that I've got that in my head, and you know how lovely I am, right? And I've I, seen I how say neat that, you keep things. I think you've learned right? to hang shit up in your days. Yeah. She puts that stuff in my head. It's bloody horrible. See, my see, I'm difficult to you. I know you're a very tidy person, whereas I grew up. My mother is like the Tasmanian devil. Like if she needs things cleaned, and she doesn't have the patience to wait. So it took for me to leave to university to even realize I was messy. Because it'd be like. I, I just didn't realise I was messy because my mum's just like, he's not going to pick them socks up. <laughs> around the house and everything's just prim, proper and perfect. You should have seen how I lived in Unix. I was not ready to live on my own. Like in Southampton, so it's not like I was getting visits from anyone either. Newcastle to Southampton, it's not enough to come down regularly and check at how I'm living. I didn't even unpack for the first year of university. I lived out of a suitcase. I was a wreck. Oh my word. And you didn't realise that your mum and not was enabling you to be a, a slob, basically. It it, it it came up very quickly cause when when things started to pile up, and I was just like, oh yeah, I, I realised I've been doing nothing for myself. <laughs> 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 World class mother, I, I swear to God, she is the absolute best. But it took me a while. Like, I mean, God no, bless our lasses. It took her a good eight years to housebreak me. Oh yeah, you need yeah, you need to because she's because she's military family. She's military family. That's oh that's, God. So she she folds him in a certain way. That's bed made neat and all sorts. That is, um, yeah. That's the envelope cut on the uh, on the bed sheet there. You, you shouldn't be now. You shouldn't be twenty three by the first time you see a to do list. <laughs> and now you're working with me. How strange oh, she, is that? She, she moved. She moved in, and then she. I was in third year uni, and um, she moved in. Got everything moved across. And you know what? She was a bit of a messy hippie chick. She, there was no kind of red flags that this wouldn't work. And then the first day she went to work, I find this list. I go, oh, she's left this nice little love note. And I swear to God, I had the X-Files music playing in my head. And I'm just like, <laughs> who the fuck is... 
Do I have What's a job to now? Do what the list? fuck? <laughs> I, have, I have less space and shit to do. No, it's fine. We'll get takeout. I don't need to wash plates. Like, <laughs> I, I remember when I was a kid. I, uh, I don't know how I got left on my own when I was quite young. We are an incredibly independent family, so I had a, I had a front door key from about the age of six, right, and just would let myself in because we're a single parent family. And I remember once, I think my dad went on holiday. I was about fourteen. And I was at home for, I think, for about a week or so. I must have been 16. I don't think my dad's a rule breaker. But and if, if I was 16, I was a young 16. And he went away. And I can't believe I'm going to admit this to another human being. He went away and I cooked. And I must have just, it must have been when I first discovered weed. Because he was coming back the following day. So he'd been gone about a week. And I looked at some of the cutlery and I thought, I'm never going to get that clean. In the dustbin. His best plates. <laughs> I've never told another living soul that. Oh, it feels good to unburden that. I think as, le- as early as last month, I've chucked out plates just because I couldn't be asked to clean them, not because there was any yeah. evidence of drug taking. Just <laughs> oh no, it wasn't. It was I couldn't clean them. It was like I'm never going to get that clean. He's oh, going to blow like, stack. Knife them or something. No, no. Right, where were we? Right, DD. So you then you learn more about DD with. <laughs> And we hear about the marriage. So the marriage, they got married at 17. They met in a bowling alley. And on his 18th birthday, the fella's like, look, this isn't a, a relationship. This isn't. Dee Dee was into, a witch, into witches and weird stuff like that, pet tarantulas. And she was just an awful, awful person. So he got out of that relationship. But And and she's doing all of the. But Paul, hang on. He was a stand-up guy, right? Because he got her pregnant at 17. And he said, where I come from, if you get a woman pregnant, you married her. So he married her. To be fair to him, as much as he was, he was just a little bit off for me. But he 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 stood up for his responsibilities. Yeah, you know, and, until the kid got really sick, and then he he didn't. Well, no, because she kept moving further and further away. Because you hear little drips and drabs of that. So later on, it'll tell you that because the doctors are saying things like, "Look, the the muscles in her leg are not of someone of muscular dystrophy for eight years." Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Then, then wasted his, away. His other daughter turns around and goes, you know, uh, Gypsy can walk. And so he rang the mother and went, such and such says Gypsy can walk. And the mother just plays it off and says, well, she can when the muscles are feeling better, but other days she can't, but it's deteriorating. And very soon it's going to be only wheelchair bound. So just don't make a big deal of it. And again, to then go and drag, you imagine she's a nightmare of an ex Full stop from hearing about Dean. Oh, it's going to be difficult yeah. to deal with in the best of times. But yeah. the minute the minute he made that phone call is when she then first moved out of town. And then the next time the doctor's thing yeah. someone, she moved again and then again and again. And the distance and the the cost of it. I mean, what, you're going to then take your daughter who has X amount of problems with her, steal her, take her to a hospital, probably get arrested for taking her from the mother's care because yep. she had lawyers draw up um, yeah, yeah. saying she's incompetent. And just again, you don't know how old she is. She's acting like a seven-year-old, and she's like nineteen in in the chair and and stuff yeah. like that. And the footage of seeing them together, and then you have someone explain, watch the footage. Uh, she's constantly holding uh, yeah. Gypsy's hand, so every time she does something wrong, she'll squeeze the hand, yeah. so she acts right. Um, it's all about control. This Dee is controlling her daughter because her daughter, effectively, the way it's portrayed is she's her ticket, right? She's the ticket to. Yeah, free housing, free food, you know, sympathy. Attention, Attention. awards, free trips to Disneyland via helicopter. Yeah. Yeah. 
Make-A-Wish Foundation. It is amazing. We are 44 minutes into this recording as as the recording stands. We'll see how much Matt cuts out. So I apologize <laughs> if you think if you think we're lying to us. It just means I've said the C word a lot and we're at 50, 15 minutes where you're where you're at. So so we haven't mentioned a, a main protagonist in this, and that is uh, Nicholas Goodjohn. What's he called? Nicholas Goodjohn? Oh, yeah. Goodjohn. Yeah, yeah. Forgot about him. Nicholas Godjohn. Which is, is weird, seeing as he's key to the entire documentary. He's the one that killed the mother. Yeah. And he, so, oh, but there's things like, oh, this was, this cracked me up. So Gypsy tried to run away once. She, she says, you ever try to get away? She goes, I ran away once. I met a guy online in Arkansas, and he says, hitchhike to mine, and you can stay at mine, and you'll be fine. And his face is blurred out. But did you see after the credits who that was in Arkansas? No. Terry Hobbs. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> That's just Gypsy Rose's look. <laughs> Stay away from Memphis, Gypsy. Yeah, the Arkansas link was very weird. But yeah, there was like a grey-haired dude with a blurred-out face that was helping her. And even then, I do think that's a, um, that might have ended badly for Gypsy. I'm not sure. That's just my negative watching documentaries opinion. But the mother goes, threatens to call the police. Obviously, he's an adult. She's an infirmed child, according to yeah. the eyes of the law. And then it gets taken back. And that's when she recalls re- calls the bad time. So she was handcuffed to her bed, smashed yeah. her laptops and phones of a hammer, said, if you ever run away again, I'll smash your fingers. And that's when she eventually loosens up. She gets a laptop and she goes on a Christian dating site. Yeah. And finds John Godjohn, is it? No, Nick Nicholas. Godjohn. Nicholas, Nicholas Godjohn. Yeah, G-O-D-E-J-O-H-N. And he becomes Gypsy's boyfriend. The weird thing, no. in just, just to circle back on how good Dee Dee the mum was, her daughter ran away. She went to Arkansas and she found her daughter within four hours. If she was around in, you know, the early 90s and she went to West Memphis, she would have come in very, very handy. <laughs> That's I'm not, not going to make that. the cut, is it? I, yeah. don't, I, don't, I don't think that fits, Matt. I think you've, you've tried to put a square peg in a round hole right there. It was a valiant effort. <laughs> they can't all be home runs. That's right. So, uh, yeah, so we meet Nicholas... Goddy John, and here's the weird thing about this kid, right? So he's 16, is he 16 odd years old when we meet him, 17? 16 to 18. Right, okay. They say he's got autism, and then it keeps cutting to him being interviewed. It is, hands down, one of the scariest interviews I've ever seen. You know the expression, loose lips sink ships? This guy would have sunk an entire fleet, because the interviewer just goes, hey, what about... And he goes, oh, yeah, okay, you know, I did this, I did this, I did this, I did this. Shit, man. And the interviewer's like, oh, okay, well, what about? And th- there's no leading this witness. Well, if you backtrack just a second and you think of the documentaries we've watched, I mean, I'm talking chicken people, I'm talking Dungeons and Dragons, I'm talking, yeah. to say this is the most autistic person, he should be given a medal because this is the highest, like, disassociative mental de- mentally capacity diminished person we've seen and the first thing we learn no about, way well you don't think he's God, got a no. mental diminished thing and oh um, no i think he exactly has because he doesn't even realize he's saying anything wrong well yes 
yeah, I, I agree with you there, but I don't... Um, I think that's a level he, of spectrum. I don't think you can be out free in society, but that is a level of being on the spectrum to be like, yeah, you know, I just decided not to rape the mother after killing her because I was kind of tired, yeah. so I just didn't bother. So what, what are we having chips later or what? Like, <laughs> he's just... It was so matter of fact. And she said, have you got a multiple personality disorder? And he, and he went, well, I've probably... He goes, I've been diagnosed. And she went, you've been diagnosed? Well, I haven't, but I should be. Hang mm. on, you what? No, I, I, think, I think we've seen weirder people than this kid, but he was weird. Well, the first thing we learn about Nicholas Godjohn is he had a criminal record and he got arrested because he was watching porn in a McDonald's for nine hours. Now, that's pretty impressive, right? Because those seats are designed to be uncomfortable after 20 minutes. So fair play to him, right? Just what what happens after the first hour? Did the employees of McDonald's not come along and go, "Listen, you've had an hour, mate." Well, they said he had a sling your hook, son. He had a kitchen knife on him when he was doing it. So, like, just the idea you're bringing your own cutlery to McDonald's is mental. Like, <laughs> but why nine hours? I, it's it's it, a fascinating. Was the manager little... just? Is he gone yet? No. All right, we'll give him another twenty minutes because those I, seats. He's gonna get pissed off with the I seats. I could watch a documentary where it's just staff testimonies about that day. I could sit and watch an hour <laughs> of what they thought. He, he, he ordered chicken nuggets. He sat down. He, <laughs> he told the me rule th- is effectively you own the seats if you buy some food, right? So yeah, it's yours. Yeah, nine hours of watching pornography in McDonald's. There was something clearly, clearly hey, wrong with it. There were some kids not having happy meals that day. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever heard that Radu Isaac bit where he talks about watching porn on the bus? No. And this no. woman sat next to him, just looks over, and she's gone, oh, this is a good bit, this bit. <laughs> One of the funniest guys in the circuit, Radu I Isaac. Fucking Check hilarious. Check him out. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so yes, he gets... So you start building this character of this guy who masturbates a, at McDonald's for nine hours. And it's about how they meet. So they're talking online for... It's, it, the entire relationship is almost all online. There's like, yeah. they meet up once and then the thing happens later. But he starts to be into things like BDSM and... I, I'm says, not sure and I haven't Googled... I, I don't know what BDSM is. I'm, I'm quite prudish on stuff like that. I think it's like bondage and submissive stuff. I've I've never quite... <gasps> okay, yes, yeah, I do know what it is. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, sadomasochistic I... bondage and yeah, something else. Yeah, okay. is... yeah, yeah, I've got a friend who, who does training courses on stuff like that. Yep, yeah. I, it's all coming back to me, yep. So I, I think this is another... This is an influence on the internet on young kids because it's not just... You don't just discover sexuality whilst you're meeting someone and having sex. You've kind of decided on the category on the fucking Pornhub yeah. that they're into. Do you know what I mean? So everything's yeah. amplified. And this is another negative effect of, of the internet within kids. But he turns yes. around and he says to her, it's like, I have multiple personalities. Even in the message he, about killing the mother, he says, it's my evil side doing it. Don't worry. He loves doing it. Um, but he wants yeah. different girlfriends for his different personalities. So then that becomes like a role-playing thing between yeah. Gypsy. And now you got to realize up until this point, we've kind of seen Gypsy as an 11-year-old disabled girl. And then when you see her dressing up, standing and bending over and stuff and like bikinis, yeah. it's uncomfortable as fuck. I, even though she's like 22, really? 23, you still... Yeah, they sexualize, they sexualize the 
the person we've been looking at as a really sick child and it, suddenly it, you're like oh hang on she's a oh yeah she's a she's a woman yeah it's really it's it's uncomfortable as, incredibly as, as, because because there's no warning that that's gonna it's weird isn't it that we found that so uncomfortable the pair of us yet we can sit there and look at the her mum's dead body that's got stab wounds on it and go oh okay whereas the those sexualization are, side of it you're like quick oh. Panning shots, though. Like if you if you think the camera motion right to left, you see a couple of cuts on it on a bunny. You go, oh fuck, and then it's gone. Whereas this one is like nineteen different pictures of her yeah. all dressed up and and being. And when she does that cleavage shot, you're like, oh no, hang on, that's wrong, isn't it? Of course, yeah. it's not wrong. She's a twenty year old girl at this stage, or twenty two year old. I, I woman. don't think there's a whole lot right about <laughs> Gypsy's life. Do you know what I mean? And no, and listen to. It's tragic what happened to her, right? And as the, I think the policeman or the lawyer said, she fell through every single crack. Every system that's designed to stop bad stuff happening to children, she fell through every everything. And we missed her. We, on this one, we messed up. And even Gypsy says, Gypsy Rose says, I'm just angry with the world. But she says it in this really sweet, twee kind of, way about her she's she seems so sweet and lovely when she speaks and she's there she's handcuffed she's in the prison black and white overalls it's got department of corrections on the back you know but yet she's like hi how are you yeah like, my the god way she on. interacts with different people I'll, I'll i'll keep it for the summary but there's something well that's just... what mi- that's what my missus said there's something not right there yeah 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 so uh, and then so now uh, and even because we then have footage and we have Gypsy's messages to him about what she wants to happen yeah. to the mother. But before that, they decide they're going to meet. So they're going to go to the movies and see the Cinderella movie. Yeah. And she arranges to meet Nick at the movie, but the mother's going to be there. So they're going to sneak off and she takes Nick into the boys' bathroom and they have sex. Yeah. And it just... It's weird to me as how she did that with the wheelchair and the mother there. Do you know what I mean? I don't understand. I would love to see the CCTV footage of her getting away from the mother to do that. I I don't think you would, Rick. But I don't mean in the toilets. I don't mean in the toilets. I mean like, oh, there's this guy that I've bought a ticket for that I've never met before. And then just like in the electric wheelchair, guy moving around. Do you know what I mean? It just seems... Logistically, it's impressive they pulled it off underneath the mother's nose, pardon the pun. But yeah. um, so they have that. That's the one time they meet, and then they start yeah. talking about killing the mother. And Gypsy's messages to the mother is harrowing and shows that she's a lot more complicit than everything that she's trying to come across as to the police. Every interview and interrogation, she like acts surprised the mother's dead in the first one. Yeah. There's, and then you see her on her foot because she, like, again, she's not. A, a criminal mastermind. She doesn't realize they're going to look through her phone. They're going to see these messages. Yeah. The, the, and well, they're going to be one used of them, as evidence. One of the messages said, uh, let's move to Milwaukee. Happy days. Hmm. Did you get the reference? Only by your face, yes. Okay, <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, that's quite, we, I like, quite like that. Um, Wayne's World, isn't it? Shut up, you tarts. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Sorry, there's a, I, I used to live with a West Country guy, and what you'd do is you'd ask you a question where you'd get annoyed and correct them, and it was called the way you go, Wee! every time you've made them correct it. Once you get addicted to doing it, it's so fun. I once got an entire bingo hole by calling the same the wrong number three times in a row, then went, it's a 200 candy scan cracker crackers. Um, just to make a joke to two people. Um, I've destroyed my life in social situations to make two people laugh plenty of times. But uh, So Gypsy posted on Facebook, uh, the bitch is dead. And you saw this at the beginning and people are yeah. like, has your account been hacked? That doesn't seem, sound like it's you. It's so funny the way it's right. Because one of the comments is, y'all sound like you're watching a horror movie. <laughs> it's just the fact they wrote yeah. y'all. I was like, I wish I could write y'all. And th- the dad said they didn't get caught red-handed but they did get caught red-handed. Sir, <laughs> listen, you need to have a word with yourself. He's not an eloquent talker, is the dad. No. And when and then they cut to, you start seeing, so her police interview, and then you see uh, Nicholas's police interview, and then her police, It all of it, it was just, it was just sad, right? It was 80 minutes of sadness. See, all to me, it. when I look at that police interview, I notice one thing missing. All right, that's just one thing missing. No lawyers. There's no lawyer in that room. Nope. So when they have this kid who doesn't even, like, he's acting like he hasn't done anything wrong. Do you know what I mean, that Nicholas? Yeah. And you, a, a wealthier family that could afford support or, or, or just knew to say, fuck you, I'm not talking until I get a lawyer. Yeah. They would tell him, shut the hell up immediately. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And you, you will maybe even make bail. But he, the, this little lady is literally just talking in in, in, a, in an upbeat voice, going, "Okay, so you've killed her. Did you did you rape her at it was all? Like a, it was like a focus group, wasn't yeah. it? Did, did you put yeah. your penis anywhere around her? No, I didn't put my penis anywhere. I didn't really want to put my. It goes, okay, so you didn't put it in her mouth. No, you didn't put it anywhere else. No, okay, okay. Didn't put but your you penis anywhere. You talked about it in the text. You you talked yeah. about, and he went, "I did, but I decided not to." I, I, it was all just. It was all sad. So the bottom line is. Effectively, she said Nicholas was in there stabbing her mum to death while she was in the bathroom, crouched up in the fetal position, crying. And then once it was all over, they legged it and they went to Arkansas. The message before it was, uh, it was Gypsy. You see the message, Gypsy texting Nick saying, uh, I've left the door open. There's gloves, there's duct tape, gloves and a knife by the door. So, like, she is entirely complicit. She was trying to have this woman killed to survive. But you can imagine the fear. She's getting threatened with a hammer. She's stuck her whole life. And it's that kind of, yeah, yeah, she's messed up. I'm not sad she died. But in the same grounds, not entirely comfortable with her being around society. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, this was the point. So, Dee Dee, her mum who was killed, was a master of manipulator of human beings. Gypsy Rose was probably the same, right? Because I think so. My missus was screaming, going, she's manipulating the police here, look. Yeah. And I'm like, hang on a second, this poor child. And my missus is like, hang on, she's not a poor child. And it's funny how we we both watch the same documentary, but because of our personal life experiences, we came at it from very different angles. I'm looking at it with empathy and, you know, oh, this poor kid. Whereas my missus is like, no, hang on, you're being played. You're all I, being played. I, I implicitly agree with your, your missus because when you watch who she's talking to and when. So in the interview, when she's given her interview to the in the prison garb, she sounds relatively adult. She's very eloquent. 
when she's talking to police officers, she's back to the disabled 11-year-old girl again. Yeah. When she's talking to her dad, it goes up another pitch. So, so anyway, uh, Gypsy Rose, effectively, so she gets offered a, a plea deal. Because again, right, a trial with lawyers and a jury and a judge costs money. So the state of uh, Missouri says, all right, well, we'll offer you a deal. Just tell us everything. Do 10 years and you're out. Just admit yeah. guilt and that's it. So she goes in and you watch the whole hearing, don't you? It's over. Are you guilty? Yes, I'm guilty. Okay, 10 years, done. Next. You also, before that, you see the footage of their, what they're shooting. Because, again, it's in complete contradiction to how she's painting herself as, I've met this evil guy online and I went along with it as opposed to planning it. Because, I mean, the guy who watched Porter McDonald's for nine hours, I don't think he planned this at all. No, I, I you think get... That's in, yeah. I think that's entirely he, on, on on Gypsy, which is understandable given everything she's been through. But you can see the the element of manipulation because then you see them in the hotel room when they think they're free and clear, and like yeah. she's recording them and stuff, and like she's trying to say she's uncomfortable and stuff. But the sexualization of what she's saying to them in the hotel room and again, you've kind of got her reminders of like an eleven year old child, so it's creepy as fuck. Yeah, it's really um, creepy. Effectively, she she's going to be out by the time she's thirty two, so she could go on to have. Well, what we hope is a happy life. Whereas my missus says she's got another documentary in her, this girl. I guarantee it. Yeah, something's going to go horribly, horribly wrong. And then the, the documentary finishes and it says, like, look, it's the year 2017. We're waiting for Nicholas Goad-John to go to trial. And let's see what happens. I think he got life. I think I looked it up when I watched it. I, I, watched, uh, I looked it up as well. He got life in prison without parole. He's never without- getting out. Yeah. yeah, he's well. He's a danger. Do you know what I mean? He he honestly is. Um, but I'm I made this note. I am definitely becoming hardened because none of this documentary really shocked me. I don't know if yeah. it was because still the opiates were still in my system. But I was like, <laughs> like twenty episodes ago, I would have been distraught. Yeah. Right. Whereas now, <laughs> this is what you're creating, Wharton. You're creating. You're removing all my empathy. Which is not not the worst thing. Not it's, the worst yeah. thing. I had too much anyway, right? But again, uh, we'll, we are monitoring the pills now. It's getting a problem. Yeah. Um, but but uh, saying that, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was very well made. Let me tell you what my missus thought, right? So if social services were informed, where were they? Where was their side of the story? Where were the other, where were the, the doctors should be going on trial for incompetence? She picked holes in a load of it. And at the end, I went... I quite enjoyed that documentary. And she was like, no, it was badly made. It didn't cover. I've got, she had so many questions as a healthcare professional that I as think just a documentary viewer, I didn't have. As I've seen in a few other documentaries, and this is a, a big old difference between the UK and the US. It's the difference in state lines. It's the difference in precincts. It's a difference yeah. in the catchment area you are. So if there's a red flag here, and then, because on the surface, like, I don't know how she convinced people she had leukemia without having leukemia. That thing just befuddles me. Do you know what I mean? Like, the list mm. of things that she was actually said she got. One second, I'll rattle it off, because it is absolutely harrowing. Yeah, it was. It, and don't forget, the drugs that they give her will, will help bring out some of the symptoms for other stuff. Which could, could explain right. why she looked 
Daniel Day Lewis esque. Like yeah. asthma, epilepsy, uh, impaired hearing, uh, impaired eyes, sleep apnea, uh, chromosome disorder, muscular dystrophy, leukemia. How, how do you fake a chromosome disorder? You just you go into a new doctor's and you say they've got it in these health clinics. That's that's the way it is, I think. Yeah, and that list went on. That was it. Was the whole. The whole Here's situation the thing was tragic. There was one little thing because they even said in the doctor's notes when they're going for the doctor who noticed those problems, um, when she was saying she was mentally retarded, which was the mother's words, um, she put her hands over Gypsy's ears so she couldn't hear. Yeah. And if I was a doctor, I'd be like, wait a minute, she's meant to be fucking deaf. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my missus said that as well. And but, my missus um, also said when they were interviewing Nicholas God. John's uh, stepfather. There's always a stepfather. He had one of his other kids yeah. in the interview Wait, what's with the kid him. Doing in there? What yeah. the fuck was going on there? I just thought that was the best <laughs> lawyer he could afford. Yeah, I've got I've got no one to look after the kid because they're interviewing the missus in the other room. Oh, you mm. better bring him in because he'll find out what happens to him if he doesn't toe the line. <laughs> this is your potential future, yeah. little. What do you think? I'm leaving this one home with the knives. You must be <laughs> fucking kidding us. <laughs> We tried to drop him off in McDonald's, but we're not allowed there anymore for some reason. <laughs> so all in all, uh, I, I I did enjoy this documentary. Fascinating I really... story. It's a bit of a roller coaster. It was, yeah. I think there is an underlining, underlining message of the story that should be taken away, and that is do not use Christian dating sites. <laughs> Is that what you took from this if whole I'm thing? I'm ever single, am I fuck going to Christian dating sites? Because look, look, look at the two people that found each other on there. Yeah. And I and I do think, and it's sad to say, I think Gypsy Rose is going to coerce someone else into murder in her life. That That's a prediction I would... Yeah. So you reckon... Make. So, yeah, you're the same as my missus. There's Just another documentary in her. Dee Dee was like a mother... And yeah. she has been born, bred, and it's not her fault. It's 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 nurture, not nature. It's everything is wrong. But again, the way she talks between one person and another for manipulation, yeah. it just isn't going. That's yeah. not going away. That that isn't unfortunately. And she gets in out in the year twenty twenty four. Twenty twenty four. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, good luck to you, Gypsy Rose. Good luck to you. Uh, she, she can go and be a palmist, couldn't she? Because she's already got most of the name. <laughs> have you seen those down at the pier they're always called gypsy rose is that what they're called yeah, yeah. clearly you didn't spend enough time in south end as a kid clearly um no, no. first time i left the northeast was for a gig <laughs> regretted it ever since yeah look at me now okay rick give me uh your scores on the doors i'm giving that a solid four because as i said at the beginning i i watched this in its entirety for the first time literally on uh, an icu ward not an icu ward but the c6 ward of southampton general and it was that interesting we forgot where we were and had compassion for this documentary that was that much of a roller coaster that much of an emotion and i'm not surprised it's been made into a dramatized series but for me the documentaries are always always better yeah, uh, I'll match you on that four, actually. I it, it was not a painful documentary to sit through in terms of you didn't look at your watch going, oh, God, how much longer have I got for this? Uh, you were like, okay, they packaged it up really quickly, right? It was like an hour and 20 minutes. It was like, HBO, oh, man, they know how to do it. Yeah. 
I partly agree with my missus. There was a lot of sides of the argument that were missing, but I think they got across everything they needed to get across. Because the interesting bits are that harrowing, I think, to pull yeah. it out, to look at it. Again, it's like the form filling in. It's dull to watch. We've seen that with a few documentaries. Difficult to talk about stats. Yeah. Yeah, and Erin so- Lee Carr, the director, I, I think she's done a great job here. I really do. And... I'm probably I'm probably now I've never fancied watching the money documentaries because they're a series right but yeah the sorry the dirty money series but I think just on the back of what I've seen in this documentary I'm probably going to go and watch some of her other work yeah I'll check them out and just to close a circle for started in the beginning of this one before we wrap up you said we're looking for a sports documentary yes and I came across oh, well yesterday done. One called uh, Iron Willed. Have you seen that one on Amazon Prime? No. So Iron Willed is a documentary about West Ham United's leaving Upton Park and their last ever game. No, that's at Upton Park. We're not. Yes, I, that's not called Iron Willed. What's it's, it called? I think it's called How to Break Hundred Thousand People's Hearts. Um, oh right. <laughs> it's it's right. Iron Men or something. I think, I, I'd guarantee it's called. In fact, I tell you what. Wait, hang on, I've just so you know. I took a picture to send it. Right, let me tell you why we're not going to watch that one, Rick. Because I watched that one. Uh, Iron Men. You were right. I was. Iron right. Men. Yeah. So I watched that one about five months ago. A couple of my friends are in it. Uh, the guys I go to football with. I couldn't speak for two hours after watching that documentary. That broke my heart. I well. Do you know that what took, proper? Yeah, there's no way that's not going to happen. Do you know what took my um, my eye about it? Right. Uh, so you know, a documentary West Ham, and it's 75 minutes long. So they can't even give you a decent 90 minutes in a documentary. <laughs> they can't even give it their all for 90 fucking minutes. That's West Ham right there. There's a there's a bloke in that. Uh, he's the bloke. He does the fanzine magazine, Gary. And yeah, he's got, this is how dedicated he was to his magazine. The magazine's called Overland and Sea. On his neck, it just he has had tattooed Olas Boss. Mm. Yeah, that that's the equivalent of me and you getting discussing documentary tattooed like, on our eyelids. <laughs> <laughs> No. Yeah, no, we ain't watching that shit. I'm telling you, it's too emotional. All right, so it, oh, just way too emotional. I was there that night. You were there? Oh, yeah. You yeah, yeah. Season tickets, yeah, yeah, yeah. Season ticket. Yeah, not happening. So, right, anything more to say on Mummy, Dead, and Dearest? Apart Thoroughly... from, well, that's a silly name, isn't it? Yes, yeah, that's a misleading name. Well, I don't know. It's just it's just a name. I think everything's... <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I, 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 I think it's on YouTube if you want to watch it for free. Where did you catch it, Matt? Uh, Sky. Sky. And I'd recommend it. I'd recommend it as worth watching. I don't always say that about the the docs, but this I, one I do. I, I would as well. That's that's your time well spent. So, thank you very much for do joining we, us. Do we, we know what's coming up next? We do. Let's uh, yeah. Let's that's a that's a good shout, Rick. Let's advertise more. Yeah, we've done twenty two hours of content now, and we've never even mentioned what our fucking Twitter handles are. So I wouldn't worry about <laughs> advertising too much. It's all in the show notes. Everything's in the show notes. Uh, hang on. Here we go. Right, so ask me what's coming up on the docket next, Matt. What's coming up next, Matt? In theory, it's going to be framing John DeLorean or just to, to wind Rick up 20 feet from stardom. Right, you 
I think okay. it's going to be the frame in John DeLorean because I I'm really looking forward to seeing that one. Yeah, because I, I like the fact that you know nothing about it. I, I don't, I don't, and I love that. And that's like that's why a lot of the documentaries we watch are American, so we don't hear the stories first, and that's why it's interesting yes. to to watch. Yeah, yeah. And I've had recommended to me four times this week searching for Sugar Man, so I think that might have to that might have to get a shout sometime. Okay. Yeah. So um. Yeah. So come back, join us again. In the show notes is our Facebook page, our Twitter handle, our email address, Rick's blood type, everything you need to know about us. It's in the show notes. So check it out there. And I will see you next week. Say goodbye, Rick. Uh, thanks very much, guys. Hope you're having a good one. Take it easy. Goodbye. Ta-da. I'm terrible at goodbyes. That's one thing I've been told. I'm terrible. <laughs> I, if I have to say hello and goodbye, it, it shits on the whole show. Like, this is, that's Matt's domain. I'm like, ah, oh, you know, okay, take it easy, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> so what what really winds me up is when people as they put the phone down they go okay bye 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 you know like sean used to do on Sean's show bye 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 one bye that's all you need do you know you don't need my, multiple goodbyes my dad doesn't know how to hang up the phone on the mobile so he will keep saying goodbye until you hang up and then if you don't hang up he just puts his phone down and you can hear that in the room. <laughs> <laughs> have you bugged the house no he just doesn't know how to hang up we have to cut that bit. We're already in trouble with your dad. We're not going to no, get no, any deeper. We're not getting any deeper in with that guy. Brilliant.